Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Cloud, 
Okay, so if you go to music.html, there's a link there. I forget that it's pcloud or sync, but either way, there's a link there. Or maybe it's not neither one of those. However, it is, there's a link there on music.html where you can download all these lyrics on paper to where you can learn the songs, bring them at home as part of your private worship, and then if you have them printed out, then you can, on the seventh day, when we're singing them, you can sing with us at the same time if you have these printed out. And I do encourage, encourage everyone, all of you, everyone of you, to print these out and sing with us during the worship services. And when I say what page number they are, if they are not in, there, I don't know if that's part of the probably not, but you can write that page number on the bottom of the sheet and learn what page numbers they are and put them in order and make your book out of it right there. Staple them together or get you a little folder, put them in, and make you a songbook. And you can also download the music with the words, the MP3 audio to 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 use it as a worship tool all week long uh, as part of your worship and learning these songs. These songs have power. And uh, these songs have power. They are glorious songs for the body of Christ. They are an instrument, a tool to worship God. So I believe that these songs are what we need to be singing. And I encourage everybody to follow along. Now, this is page 24. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. This one goes really, really slow. I'll find it on here. Thank you. 
Amen. Praise God. Once you learn that song, it is a powerful, great song to worship God with. Amen. And as you learn these songs, they will be ingrained into your mind, into your heart, and into your soul. The worship of God and the Holy Scriptures should become engraved into our foreheads, into our minds, into our souls, into who we are, identifying who we are, and helping us in our daily walk. When we get discouraged, when we get lonely, and when we are greatly persecuted and forsaken, we will remember these songs and the Holy Scriptures, and they will encourage us. Amen. We'll be able to sing songs of praise to God, even upon a bed of torture, feeling no pain, but only the love of God. Amen. God is good to us. We ought to be good in return to him. We ought to be good to him also. Amen. God is good to us. Praise Jesus. Let's go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for these songs of worship. Thank you for the Holy Scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for this appointed time to gather together, all of us, all across the world. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you, Lord, for the spiritual food that we're about to enjoy. We ask you, Father, to help this word of God to penetrate our hearts and minds and souls and to make a real difference in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. May we shine brighter for you in this dark and wicked world. May we make a difference in this dark world, ushering in your kingdom, your ways, your laws, your commandments, and your love, even now upon the earth. May we hear your presence and hear your voice and speak forth your words and be your hands and your feet in our schools, in our communities, in our families, in our social media posts, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and everywhere as we go. May we plant seeds of your goodness, seeds of your words. Show us the way, Father, how we can plant seeds that will actually prosper. Give us the seeds to plant. Give us the way and the means. Give us the resources. Give us the tools and the instruments, and we will use them. We ask, Lord, for your blessing, your anointing on it. As we go and write scriptures on the sidewalk with chalk, 
as we write scriptures on on money cash bills, as we write scriptures on the envelopes we send in the mail, as we write scriptures on invoices and bills that we pay, as we write scriptures on walls, and as we put up flyers and tracks in toilet bathrooms and bus stations and park benches, wherever we go, may we leave a trail that God was there, that your word was there, that your truth was there, and a seed for someone to pick up and carry to another place, another spot. May you fertilize it, may you water it, and may you grow it for your kingdom, for your people, for your inheritance, for your family, for your sons and your daughters, and for your glory. We praise your holy name. We will go. Send us, and we will go. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. Praise Jesus. Happy seventh day, everyone. I hope everybody's awake, because I'm not. If this sermon gets preached, it won't be by me, because I am asleep very myself. Praise the Lord. His voice does not sleep. His word, his Holy Ghost does not slumber. Amen. Praise Jesus. Oh, Lord, how much money. I was running kind of late today, like I do pretty often. But all you have to do, no matter how you connect to our broadcast, even if it's over the phone or over the internet, either way. Just stay right there and wait for us to connect. You don't have to hang up or nothing. Just wait for us to connect. Sometimes we're slower connecting, but we'll connect sooner or later each each time, each week. We'll get around to it as soon as possible. A lot of stuff to do here to get ready for services. And the devil is always working try to hinder it. You know, the devil is trying to do a whole lot to hinder us in many different ways. And it's not just spiritual attacks, but also physical attacks. Physical attacks upon our body, our finances, our cars, our families, sicknesses, illnesses, and diseases. The list goes on and on and on and on. There are many tactics, tools, and instruments of war of the enemy. We need to realize that. We have to realize that in order to be able to fight back, to defend ourselves, but also not only to defend ourselves, but to also fight back, which is what a lot of people don't do. They just defend themselves to some degree, 
but they don't really fight back. And we need to do that, not just be on the defensive, but also on the offensive. Amen. Many weapons are being used against us. And reaction to that, we need to be energized. We need to be aware of the enemy's tactics and proactive in fighting. We need to be proactive in defending ourselves as well as fighting back. Both. We need to be active, 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 active. We need to be active Christians. Amen. The name of the sermon today is the body of Christ needs to move more. Amen. The body of Christ needs to move more. And that is absolutely true. Amen. If you think of the body of Christ, throughout Scripture, the Scripture uses the symbolism of the church being a human body. Amen? And each member of the church is called a member of the body, such as a hand or a foot or eye or ear. We, all of us together, make up the body of Christ. The church is a body of Christ. Each one of us a member, a member of the body, a part of the human body. Amen. Now, using that same symbolism, if you think of a human body, if it sits down at a computer all day long every day, your back starts to hurt, your butt, your legs, body parts get stiff, and your arthritis gets worse, especially as you get older and older, and also your eyes also began to get worse and worse and worse the more that you are stuck looking at a computer screen all day. Amen. So it's important to look away from the computer, close your eyes for a minute or two every once in a while, blink often, things like that. Maybe use some natural eye drops as well and go outside and get fresh sunshine for your eyes as well rather than the computer screen light all the time as well as using a proper computer program or a proper screen to filter out the blue light as well we have to take precautions against that dangerous light of the computer screens and phone screens that light on the computer that light on the phone they are dangerous to our eyes but not only using computer programs and screens, but we need to move our eyes, and we need to move our butts and our legs, our feet. We need to move our back. We need to get up away from the computer and walk around, stretch, exercise, go outside, go for a walk, come back and work again. This is important for the human body to move. Amen. We need to exercise, work out, get fit. It's important. We can't do the work of God if we're dead. Amen. We need to stay alive, stay young as much as possible, stay fit for the work of the kingdom. Amen. God has a lot in store for every one of us. 
in this ministry, a lot of work for us still yet to do. Amen. The work is yet really just beginning. Amen. So we've got to be fit and shaped for it. Using this analogy, let's go to Revelation chapter 3 now. And in Revelation 2 and chapter 3, these are letters to seven different church areas, seven different time periods throughout time, from the time that John, the Apostle John, not, not John the Baptizer, but rather John the Apostle, was alive in the Mediterranean Sea on the island there. And he was also the one that wrote the book of John and one, two, and three Johns. And he wrote the book of Revelation. These are all the same John, but not John the Baptizer. Now, these are seven church time frames. And chapter 3, verse 14, Revelation 3, verse 14, begins the last of the seven letters of where Jesus is telling John to write this down to the letters of the pastors to send to the pastors in seven towns that exist all in the same time zone, all right there in Asia at that time. But each of those seven cities, seven congregations that existed at that time, each one of them represented a future church era, church time. And this seventh one, even though it was a city right there, it also represented our time, the time we live in right now. This is, all seven letters can be applied to any church era because they're all true words. And all scripture is for our edification, for instruction, for reproof, for instruction for us to learn from. But even though all seven letters can teach us something, this particular letter is more specific to us. Not the first letter, not the second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth, although we can learn from all those. But it is this seventh letter that is really, truly sent to us more than any of the previous six. What does it say? Verse 14, to the messenger or pastor of the congregation of called out ones in Laodicea or in the end time. Like this. The amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning and first of creation of the theos, that is Jesus, says this. This is what he says. Verse 15, I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I desire that you were cold or hot, one or the other, but you're neither one. You're lukewarm. This is what he's saying to the church, and he's right. Hey, he's the amen. He's the faithful. He is Jesus Christ. He is God. What he says is not a false accusation against us. Amen? Jesus is not bearing a false accusation against us. And this is not Pastor Tim talking or the Apostle Zimmerman. Remember, the Apostle, he's asleep. 
But Christ says, you are lukewarm. I wish you would be hot or cold, one or the other. If you're lukewarm, what does that mean? Verse 16, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Amen. Verse 17, because you say, I'm rich. Talking spiritually rich. I, I know about the commandments. I know about the seventh day. I know about Christmas and Easter and Passover and unleavened bread. I know about even who the son of perdition is and when he's going to show up and how. So I know all these things. I am rich. And I have become spiritually or literally wealthy. And I have needed nothing. Get food on your table, shoes on your feet, a house to live in. You got everything you need. And you do not know. And yet, and even though it says and that they would change that to yet. Robert, if you want to send me a note on that later. Yes, you do not know. But you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Amen. I advise you or counsel you to buy from me or obtain from me gold refined by fire. Vows of the great tribulation. is what he's talking about. If you compare it to what Peter said, which would be a great reference there with Robert. So that you may become spiritually rich. He is talking spiritually because God doesn't really want us to become physically rich. He really doesn't. Amen. He's talking spiritually. He wants us to become spiritually rich. But to do that, we have to obtain from God trials and sufferings. A lot of us, we need to suffer more. A lot of us need to suffer more. And a lot of us are not suffering because we're not opening our mouths boldly enough. Amen? You're not going to suffer if you are always just ignoring what people say, laughing at all, ignoring it. Well, I don't want to stir trouble. I don't want to lose friendships. I don't want to offend. So you keep your mouth shut. And that's not right. When you are always careful to not offend, Never, never want to lose a friendship, never want to lose a family member, then you don't suffer because they're not going to hate you because you're not exposing their sins. Amen. You're not exposing their sins. You're not telling them the truth. You're not trying to correct them. You're not trying to point them to the truth enough. Enough. Therefore, you're not suffering and you don't have a zeal, a passion, enough. Amen. If you had sufficient, if you had enough, enough, a sufficient supply of passion for the truth and passion for God, 
passion for what the truth really is, then you would care less about offending them and care more about letting them know the truth. Amen. Then you would suffer. Then you would be spiritually rich. Amen. To be spiritually rich, we do need to suffer more. Amen. The more you suffer in life physically, the more you will be spiritually rich. Amen. That is so true. Absolutely. Amen. And it says, so that you may become rich and also have spiritual white garments so that you may spiritually clothe yourself so that the shame of your spiritual nakedness will not be revealed and so that you would have spiritual eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Verse 19. Those whom I love, I convict. That means you will feel guilty of your sins because God will expose your sins to you. He would do that because he loves us. God will offend us because he loves us. He will make us feel guilty and expose our sins and tell us our sins because he loves us. Should we not be Christ-like? Amen. Should we not tell people their sins? They're not blow the trumpet, Isaiah. Tell the people their sins. Amen. Because they don't know what to repent of. Amen. You say repent? Repent of what? Repent of what? Amen. Now those whom I love, I convict and discipline. Therefore, be zealous. Underline that. We're talking about that the body of Christ needs to move more. We need to move. Amen. We need to be zealous. That means have a passion. Amen. I would rather for people to have a passion for the truth. I would rather for people to be radical Christians. I'd rather for people to be to feel guilt, to, to know their sins, to beat themselves up a little bit, rather than for people to always be complacent and always thinking, well, I'm not doing nothing wrong. I don't have no sin. I'm okay. The mercy of God will cover it. Amen. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So there is a place for conviction. There is a place. There should be times. There should be times when you are saying to yourself, I can do better. I have sinned. I need to improve. I need to repent. But then you repent and you praise the Lord for revealing your sin to you and you accept, you accept his forgiveness. And you move on. And you live more clean after that. Amen. 
and you grow little at a time, day by day, week and month by month, year by year, you continue to grow. Nothing is done in one day. Jerusalem is not built in a day. Amen. Not even New Jerusalem is built in a day. He's still building it. Amen. We, the body of Christ, which the Bible also uses as a symbolism of a house, we are a house, we are a building as well. We are not being built in one day. Amen. But it says, be zealous and repent. Amen. Most of the people in this end time generation, they are lukewarm. They're not caught on fire for the Lord. Amen. So the Bible says, Jesus says, instead of being lukewarm, instead of being complacent, instead of being a couch potato Christian, instead of taking comfort all the time in, I believe, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I don't have to worry, I don't have to pray, I don't have to work it out with fear and trembling, I just want to be at peace. I just want to lay back in my hammock and just sleep the day away. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to witness. I don't have to offend. I don't have to tell no one their sins. Well, that would be offensive. We should have a zeal. We should have a passion for the truth. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's coming back. Amen. But also, that phrase means that he is knocking on the door of our heart. Amen. That's not just talking about he's coming back in three and a half years. Not just that. But also that he is knocking on the door of our heart today. And every day he is knocking on the door of our heart. And if anyone hears my voice and opens that door to let him into your heart, then I will come in to him and will dine with him. Take communion with us and eat with us and spend time with us and hang out with us. He will. Absolutely. Amen. And he with me. Amen. Verse 21, he who overcomes, underline that, he who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne. That is symbolic. Amen. We're not literally going to sit on the throne of God. We're not going to do it. That is symbolic. Amen. It is a symbolism for intimate relationship as well as a symbolism for giving us authority. Amen. He gives us and will give us even greater authority and even greater intimacy, intimacy, closeness, close relationship. Amen. But we have to overcome. We have to overcome. The fact that it says he that overcomes will be granted this shows that it is conditional. It's not going to be given to people that don't overcome. Amen. We're in a war and we have to win that war. It is required that we win that war in order to obtain rulership, authority, and the conclusion of our salvation 
we must win the war. The devil is at a, in a war against our soul. And his, one of his tactics is to make us lazy and complacent. And he wants us to believe. The devil wants us to believe. And the Babylon wants us to believe. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is listen to services. All you got to do is rest and lay around on your butt on the seventh day. But there's much more to it than that. Much more to it. God would rather us to be hot on fire for him. Or even cold for the devil, one or the other. Pick a side, make your stand. As, as Jesus teaches us in the movie called The Stand by Stephen King, in the book The Stand by Stephen King. You know that I would normally not refer people to, to most of the works of Stephen King, but he does have that one good work and a couple other good works. God has used the devil. He has. God has used the devil. God uses the son of perdition. God did use King Nebuchadnezzar, even though he had worshipped many false gods. God used the kings of Persia and Rome and Greece, and the list goes on and on and on. God constantly uses evil people, and good people both. God uses the whole world. The whole wide world is in his hands. We are all his instruments, lost people and saved people. We are all the instruments of God. Amen. People would do well to watch that movie, The Stand. If you have never watched it, I really encourage you to watch it. It is a six-hour movie. You can split it up over two or three nights. But I would really encourage you to watch it because there's a lot of truth in it. And God did use that movie to try to warn us. Jesus did try to warn us about the virus epidemic that was going to come upon the world. God did use that movie to speak to us in this congregation as he has done many movies. God has used Hollywood. God has used many movies to speak to me and to you, to this ministry. Amen. God can use anything and anyone for his purpose. Amen. Verse 22 says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the congregations of called out ones. Amen. We need to have a spiritual ear to hear what the spiritual voice of God, what he is saying. We need to be able to hear God when we're watching TV when we're watching a movie, when we're watching a video, when we're listening to music, when we're listening to a person talk, we need to be able to hear and listen with spiritual ears. Amen. 
That comes by reading the Bible and praying and having an intimate relationship, a close relationship with God. The more you pray, the more you talk to God, the more that you worship God, the more that you get down on your knees and pour your heart out to Him, the more you sing songs to God, the more that you repent and move sin out of your life and develop a relationship with God, the more you will be able to discern, hear the voice of God in movies, videos, music, and through other people's words. And this is important to develop that spiritual ear. Amen. If we hear the voice of God, then we can more, will more, receive that conviction that we need. We will feel guilt more for our sins, and that's a good thing. Because we don't want to be like a majority of this world falsely believing a delusion of, well, I'm saved and I don't have to do nothing, I don't have to repent because I'm not in sin. I would rather beat myself up than to be a person that is totally complacent and lazy about their salvation and just faith, faith, and just want their ears tickled. There's a lot of people that just want only the feel-good messages, only the feel-good sermons, and they just want their ears tickled. They don't want to feel conviction. They don't like the strong language that I use. They don't like the strong, bold speech that I use. This is not for them. They're more comfortable in baby life. That's the truth. Amen. That's why a lot of people don't stay with this ministry very long. Amen. As I said, we are the body of Christ. As a body, we need to move. If you apply this toward water, usually cold water in nature, in nature, cold water is usually a rushing, moving water. Usually cold water and hot water both is a moving water. If the water is not moving at all, at all, it's just sitting still, it is usually more lukewarm, lukewarm, and would have more bacteria, more viruses, more debris, dirt in it, stuff like that. If you think of, if you think of rushing white water rapids, it's going to be cold water because it's moving very quickly in that. It also has more oxygen in it because of the way it's flowing and you get a lot of bubbles in it. It has more oxygen in it, more life in it. It's uh, much more safe to drink in a survival wilderness situation. And then you have your hot water uh, that is through springs coming up out of the ground. There is hot water that is also moving from underground wells, and some of that also is cold, depending on the well. But if it is sitting still, it is usually lukewarm and filled with bacteria. 
and is not safe to drink. I do hope that everybody has watched the Naked and Afraid uh, broadcast that I uploaded to the uh, prepping group on MeWe. See, on MeWe, we have a lot of different groups. We have a prepping group. We have a group that is about methylene. We have a group for naturalism, which is nudity, which is how we was born and how we're going to die and how we're going to be resurrected and how God sees us. Nothing wrong with it. And then we have a group for uh, the news. And then we have a group that just talks about the God and the God war. Then we have a group for Bible archaeology, archaeological, archaeological finds for the Bible. Then we have a group for just Tennessee, Tennessee residents and people that are moving to Tennessee. And many other groups. There's all kinds of other groups we have. We have a lot of groups on MeWe. And these groups also help to keep the body growing. Okay? Back when I used to be on Facebook, over the years, there was a few people over the years that found the truth through Facebook because I was witnessing on that. It helps the body to grow, the church to grow. It is a great tool of getting the truth out there to strangers that we will never meet, people that live in different states and different nations. Social media is a great tool that can be used for the glory of God. And I'd rather enjoy it. I'd rather enjoy it because you get to interact with people. It is called social media because you're supposed to interact, but a lot of people are not interacting very much. The body of Christ needs to interact with one another more than what they are. That is activity. We need to become more active, active in these groups. Amen. So there are many ways that the church needs to be moving more and be more active. Many ways. Spiritually and physically, we need to be moving the body, the church, your body. Not only spiritually, but also physically, we need to be moving our bodies in many ways. I encourage every one of you to start exercising, getting in shape, and getting stronger for the Great Tribulation. Because the Great Tribulation will be a difficult time. If you was to watch the Naked and Afraid broadcast that I uploaded on the prepping group on Navy, you're going to see a whole lot more than just naked people. They do blur out the body parts. They blur out the body parts. So you really don't see nothing but their butt. And even if you did see their entire body, there would be nothing wrong with it. It's not a sexual show. It is not. It's not a sexual show just because they're naked. A lot of people, especially so-called Christians, they think, oh, it's called naked and afraid, and there are naked people on there, therefore they must be screwing one another. No, they're not. There is no sex on the show at all. Is not a sexual film. It is a survival show. 
And the reason they are naked is because it's based on Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, they were naked without sin. Without sin. Amen. It was never, it was never God's desire for mankind to have clothes. It was not God's desire. If it had been God's desire, he would have put pants and shirt and dress and everything on them before he woke them up. Amen. When he created them. He would have said, okay, wake up, look at your clothes, and here's your second set, and here's your whole wardrobe. Here's your whole luggage full of clothes. Make sure you wear them every day. But he didn't do that. He kept them naked. We don't even know how long they lived before they actually committed the first sin. They not have lived for many years. We don't know how many days, weeks, or years that they lived before they actually committed their first sin. But they was naked without sin and without shame. The only reason they began to have shame about their nakedness is because they had committed the sin of choosing for themselves what was right and what was wrong. Shame comes from us choosing ourselves about what is shameful and what is not. Amen? And that is not godly thinking but rather it is cardinal, sinful thinking that makes us ashamed of our bodies. Our bodies, our naked bodies, they are the temple of the Lord. Your clothes are not the temple of the Lord. Amen? A lot of people look at their body with a shirt and pants and socks and shoes on and a coat and a winter coat and a hat on and they say this is the temple of the Lord but if you rip all of that off then you will see the temple of the Lord amen I say all of that because a lot of people need to understand it's not wrong to watch that TV show it would be a great benefit for you to watch it so you can start learning certain survival skills and so that you would become more and more accustomed to seeing the human body without thinking in a sexual way. To realign your thinking to the way God thinks and to the way that you should be thinking more spiritually minded rather than carnally minded. So it's good for you in that way, as well as learning the survival skills, as well as coming to a comprehension, an understanding about how hard it can be to survive. A lot of people are under a delusion, a deception, a misunderstanding that it's going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be so easy, a lot of people think. So easy. Well, I, I, I've got this box of stuff. I got this flashlight, and I got this book, and I read the website, and it's just going to be easy. And the Lord be with us. 
the associated. And they're going to be shocked at how difficult it will be. And that particular episode I had uploaded of the naked and afraid, there was a man on there that had been in the army, a military soldier coming in there thinking that he was going to be a badass, that he was a coward, he was a wimp, and that. But the mommy, the mommy outdid him in that. It's always interesting to watch who will be able to make the entire 21 days all the way to the end, and who will not, who will leave early. Some people leave, believe it or not, there has been quite a few people to leave on the second day, and third day, and fourth day, and fifth day. It's ridiculous. A lot of them come in there thinking, oh, it's going to be so easy. I didn't, a lot of them will say, on the first or second day, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. And there are a lot of people that go in there that are so-called survival experts that have built fires by the hundreds and the thousands of fires in their backyard or in the camping ship or at the campground, oh, I, I, I have built a fire, I have built a fire, I have started a fire a hundred, a thousand times I have made a fire. But then once they get there, in the woods, with nothing but nothing, but maybe a fire starter, they can't even get it started with a fire starter. Oh, they've made a fire a thousand times, but all of a sudden, once they are facing a real survival situation, they cannot get a fire started. It's a real eye-opener. And I'm not trying to discourage people. And we know that we will have God's help if we are faithful to him and trust him and do our part. But at the same time, we should not have this deception that it's going to be so extremely easy. I really believe that even as God laid on my heart for people to watch the stand about people making a stand for either God or the devil, caught or, caught or code, something Make a stand for something. Make a difference for something. Even as God had laid that on my heart, I believe that it is also God laid on my heart to tell people to watch Naked and Afraid because it is a good teaching tool. Amen. It will help people to realize certain things better. We need to be active as a church in many different ways of becoming stronger physically for that very, very difficult time ahead of the Great Tribulation. People need to, certain people need to lose weight, certain people need to gain weight, certain people just need to turn their body, and all of us need to get physically stronger regardless of our weight. We're all, every one of us is just too weak mentally emotionally and physically and spiritually 
we really need to get stronger in every possible way. And that takes becoming active. We need to move more physically, spiritually, and in every way. Another way that the church needs to move is that people need to be willing to flee. People need to be willing to flee. A lot of people are not willing to ever, ever, ever pick up a luggage bag or rent a truck or rent a car or get on a bicycle or get on a plane or get on a bus or do anything to get out of danger. A lot of people are in the delusion that they're going to be able to stay where they're at forever and forever and forever, and God will protect them. And no, he won't. Amen. There will probably be thousands of Christians that will stay in San Diego praying on their knees, believing that God will protect them, and that the nuclear bomb will fall and kill every one of them. That plan on their knees, praising the Lord, trusting God, but they will all die ever while. Because they were not willing to hear the voice of the Lord speak loud and clear, get out of the danger zone. Amen. And it's really because that Jesus was not their true God, but rather there was having a false delusion, a deception where they have deceived themselves and been deceived by others, that God will protect you no matter what as long as you believe in him. And that's just simply not true. Amen. You've got to do the work of the Lord to be protected, the real work of the Lord. And even then, you might not be protected. A lot of people are supposed to die for the glory of the Lord. Each one, depending upon their individual calling. Amen. But people must be willing to flee. And the sooner the better. A lot of people think, well, I'll just wait to the very last day. And that might be God's will for certain people. But there's also a lot of people that that's not God's will for them to wait to the last day. There's a lot of people, a larger number of people, that should be moving and should be getting into place weeks and even months before them. Because the sooner the better that you can get into an area, learn that area, develop a family in that area, true brothers and sisters, to depend on one another, help one another, watch each other's backs, guard one another, develop who you can trust and who you can't trust, all of that. So the sooner that people move, the better. But there are a lot of people that have never, ever left the state that they live in. And that's really, really sad. Because people that have never left the city or the state that they live in, 
they lived in the same city all of their life, in the same state, the same region all of their life, they really miss out on a lot of what life has to offer. Amen. They really miss out on seeing the world and seeing different cultures and how they live in the other states. It's amazing how you can travel just 200, 300, 500 miles and see a really huge difference in the way people live, their culture in different parts of your own nation, just two or three hundred miles away. But people miss out on that because they live in a little tiny box. A lot of people live in a very small box that is really a prison. Their work is a prison to them. Their family, their wife is a prison to them. Their husband is a prison to them. Their parents are a prison to them. And the town they live and the city they live is a prison to them. This is the reality for a lot of people. And sometimes it's different situations where it's much more difficult to escape. But then there are also different situations where some people, the door is wide open and they won't walk through it. And then some people can just walk away if they just would. Some people, all they need to do is get into the car if they would just do it. But they won't. Because they're afraid. Because they've never been out of the city before. They don't know what's on the other side of the wall. There might be a monster hiding behind the wall. Who, I mean, you know. This is literally the, the things I'm seeing right now. This is literally what I'm seeing right now. I told somebody maybe a couple weeks ago who wanted to be baptized. And I said, go a certain spot, go a certain spot to this place where you, you can baptize and be, that would be a good location. It's not that far. And the response was, I've never been that far by myself ever in my life. I've never been that far. I think it was 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers, something like that. Can you believe that? A person that is almost 18 years old and has never been beyond 10 or 15 kilometers by himself because he's always been with mommy or daddy or somebody holding his hands. It is very sad. And I don't share that to be talking about them, but rather to help you see what I'm seeing. To help you come to the realization that there are a lot of people out there. Lots of people. Who do not have life experience. Because all they do is sit at a computer. And the computer is their prison. And the video game is their prison. And the mommy and the daddy, they are the prison. And they're not living life. They're not living life. They never get outside. They don't walk. They don't get on a bicycle. And they wouldn't even know 
how to even follow a map to get 10, 15 kilometers away from their house without having mommy to go with them. And this is what I'm seeing on a regular basis, not just one person, not just one time. It is what I'm seeing constantly all across the world, young men who are not men, but little boys. And a lot of the time, it is the fault of the grandparents, and it is the fault of the parents and the older brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts. It is all of their fault, every one of them. And it is also the fault of the victim, because the victim also should have the natural instinct of wanting to grow up and have independence. That is a natural instinct. I think all of us, for the most part, used to be, but not anymore, but used to be. Back when I was growing up, everybody had a rebellious spirit, a human spirit. Amen. Back when I was a teenager, everybody used to have a human spirit, a rebellious spirit that would speak up. To say, hey, I want a car. Hey, I want to go across the street by myself. You don't have to hold my hand. Amen. People want it to grow up. But now people don't want to grow up. And they're comfortable in their prisons. Because now they got more entertainment and video games. And they're content in their little prison, their little box that they live in. This is a sad state of civilization. Even in Africa, even in Korea, even in Australia, even in America, all across the world, this is what we are up against. So I need your prayers because it's difficult dealing with such a thing. Amen. It's difficult dealing with such a thing. But we need to be willing to move physically and spiritually. We need to be willing to move to a different town, a different neighborhood, a different house. Yes, God calls us to do so, and we need to be able to have that spiritual hearing, a spiritual ear, to hear God and to obey God if he does tell us to do that. And the urban cities, the big urban cities, they are extremely dangerous places. Pastor Ehab just got mugged by a gang of thugs. I thought it was one guy that was a group of guys, thugs. And I hope that everybody continues to pray for his healing. I've not yet heard back from him about how he's doing, but hopefully I'll get another email from him today or tomorrow. It's an update, I hope, I hope. And he will be listening to this sermon. So, Pastor Ehud, we are all praying for you. But the urban cities, the big cities and the capital cities, these are extremely, extremely dangerous places to live. And we are in a war, and the devil does want to kill us now. 
The devil ain't going to wait until the strong delusion to try to kill us. He wants to kill us now, physically, as well as spiritually. You need to watch your surroundings. You need to be careful what road you go down and when you go and how you go. Amen. It would be advisable for you to sell a shirt, sell something you own that you could sell, sell a book or two, and buy a knife. Basically, you men. Amen. When I was growing up, I was taught by different people that a boy ought to have a pocket knife. Amen. A boy should have a pocket knife. That's part of what makes you a man. Amen. But now I would say even to have a knife on your side, on your hip, I would recommend, if it is legal in your area, for every man of every age, yes, even a five-year-old boy, if it is legal in your area, to have a knife on your hip, or at the very least, a pocket knife in your pocket, at the very least. That would be wise, that would be prudent. And it is also part of masculinity. Men were created to be hunters and fighters and warriors. Men were not created to be pansies. Amen. Men were not created to be sissies and nymphs and girls. But men were created to be warriors, fighters. Amen. This is why I believe it's okay in our generation to watch boxing and UFC and wrestling because it helps to motivate and develop masculinity. It helps to develop the natural instinct of male masculinity of the warrior that is in us, hiding somewhere deep in us. Amen. It needs to come out. Not that you need to be attacking people and fighting people, but you need to be able to fight when necessary. As a man, you do need to be able to fight when necessary. And that is the truth. Now, let's go over to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Page 184. Thank you. Page 184. I know that this sermon is very unique, a lot like a lot of the sermons are. Praise Jesus. Amen. We don't want the same kind of sermons that Babylon has. We don't want that same kind of sermon that Babylon Babylon has. Do we? No, we don't want that same kind of sermon that they have. Amen. My calling is unique. Amen. If it's not my job just to preach, 
and write books and translate the Bible and answer your questions, but also to help young men to grow up and to become men. That is part of my calling. Brother Robert here can testify to that. Amen? Amen? Amen. And I even heard my wife even say amen on that one. Praise the Lord. When she says amen, you know it's true. Amen. Proud of you, honey, for speaking up on me. So I'm going to be talking different from other pastors because I have that unique calling. Amen. And in the, the next location, wherever God sends us, I would definitely have to have that extra room for the next young man that comes under my wings to be trained, to be taught how to be a man. And the next man, and the next man. Amen. Because that is my calling. That's what God is doing. Amen. And I need your prayers on that as I lead these young men to greater masculinity. But to do that, I have to make these men move on that. Not everyone can make the same measure of a move in the same way, but you can still move mentally. Even if you can't move physically, you can still move mentally into a new area of your mind. Amen. Move into a new area of your relationship with God. Move into a new unexplored region of your masculinity. Being being willing to grow in maturity and masculinity and boldness and coming out of the Babylon thinking. Babylon thinking that you can't you should not offend anyone and you should never get angry and so forth and so forth. Many, many, many different false doctrines of Babylon that wants these Babylon churches want to keep their young men as little boys. And I'm in a war against that. I am in a war against immaturity. And Babylon doctrines are keeping young men as children. And I'm in a war with their grandparents and their parents and society as a whole. Amen. So I need your prayers on that. In 1 Corinthians 9, let's go down to verse 26. Verse 26. Therefore I run in such a way as not without aim, I box or I wrestle in such a way as not being the heir, amen, but I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others that I myself will not be disqualified, amen. This is Paul talking to the church, the Christians, at a town called Corinth, city of Corinth. And he's writing that letter to them, and they received this letter. The pastor received this letter. This was not written as a book of the Bible, even though it became 
a book of the Bible. It was written as a letter to a pastor of the church in the city of Corinth. The pastor read this letter and then read it to the rest of the congregation. And that letter was preserved and then centuries or actually decades, decades later, maybe centuries later, maybe 300 years later, someone decided, hey, let's take this letter and the other letter of Paul and the other letter of Paul and letter of Peter and a, and a book of Matthew and all, and let's put it together as one Bible. And that's what happened. Now, when Paul wrote this letter to the pastor of that church, he said, I run in such a way as not without pain, but I launch in such a way as not beating the air. Paul was using the analogy of sports, boxing, wrestling, running, racing, and fresh in the mind of the people would have been the Olympics. The Olympics had already existed for hundreds of years at that point. It was very popular. Everybody was fascinated with the Olympics. Everybody knew about it and kept up with it, what was going on, who was, who was uh, doing what, who was winning. It was like what we see today with entertainment. People had their, their, um, their favorite uh, people and that they would keep up with and stuff like that. And Paul took advantage of what people were thinking about. Amen. He took advantage of what people were thinking about and used it as an analogy in his own Christian fight, his own Christian lifestyle. That it was like boxing, but not as one that just beat of the air. When you box, you're going to be hitting somebody in the, in the head. Amen. You're going to be hitting. You're going to be punching them in the gut. Amen. And that's what we need to do with the devil. Amen. We need to knock his block off. Amen. We got to fight back. And if you don't fight back, what happens in a wrestling match? What happens in the UFC? What happens in boxing? If that guy is not brutal, the other guy will be brutal. Amen? If, the, if, if one guy is not brutal, the other guy will be brutal. So it's better for you to be the one to fight harder so that you will not die. Amen? So that you will not be beat up, so that you won't get a concussion. Amen? You got to fight, and you got to fight hard in this life. This life is difficult. Jesus did not promise us an easy road. Amen. If you're going to make it in this life, you got to fight. Amen. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you got to fight back. Defensively and offensively. Both ways. You've got to fight. Amen. And that also includes disciplining your body, verse 27. Making it your slave. Amen. In the Olympics, you have to be dedicated and have a passion for the proper diet, exercising, maintaining and building strength, 
having the proper weight. In the Olympics, in order to win, or even in boxing and UFC, you have to take full control over your mind, body, and soul to make it your slave. Make your body do what it needs to do to win that fight or that championship or that race. Amen. It takes self-discipline. Amen. And that's what we need is self-discipline. Amen. And we need to prepare for the greatest fight that we have ever fought, mentally, spiritually, and physically. We need to get strong bodies through proper diet, proper exercise, to be able to endure the hardest time of our life, of having to build fires, gather firewood, and run for our lives. And some people will have to hike many, many miles. Are you able to hike five kilometers? Are you able to hike 10 kilometers? Are you able to walk 15 kilometers without mommy, without daddy? Would you know how to find your way around? Have you ever been outside your city? Is the city next door to you pink or purple or red or orange? What does it look like on the other side of the prison wall? Outside the video game, outside your little box. Is it all a delusion? Are we just in a video game? Amen. Are we just in a matrix? How do you know what's on the other side of that wall? Amen. Physically speaking, the devil wants to destroy us by making us fat, by making us weak, especially the men, by making us weak. That is one of the devil's tactics. Did you know that? The devil wants to make us unfit mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. The devil wants us to be unfit, lazy, overweight, skinny, weak, cannot lift a tree limb, cannot cut a tree limb, not build a fire. The devil wants us weak so that we can be captured. So that we can be captured on day number one. So that we won't be able to keep witnessing and keep telling people the truth. The devil wants to destroy us more than anyone else. The church is the devil's number one target. You are the devil's number one target. Did you know that? In our war with the enemy, the devil is trying to destroy us by what he puts in the food. The devil is trying to destroy the entire human race through the vaccines. Is that not true? The devil wants to destroy the entire human race through the vaccine. And also, 
by using toxic GMO soy that is in most foods in every nation. Your nation is not unique, and I'm sick and tired of hearing everybody say, I mean everybody, 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 almost everybody, some of you are innocent of this, but not many, but most everybody says, my nation is different. Bullcrap. You know how many times I hear that every month? How many times I hear people say, oh, my nation is different. There is not one single nation on this planet different from the other. We're all on the same planet. Humans are humans. Demons are demons. God is God. Sin is sin. We're all in the same situation. And every civilization, every culture on this planet has been corrupted by the computers, by the same sins, by the same demons, by the same devil. We're all wearing the same shoes. We really are. Everybody's like, oh, my nation is different. Really, really tired of hearing that. <laughs> but there is toxic GMO soy in most foods in every nation on earth. They are putting many toxic chemicals, food dyes, and preservatives, and pesticides in most food worldwide in every nation on earth. They are trying to force the toxic vaccines on everyone and all of these and more problems. We must fight back in every way possible by eating non-GMO food, having the proper diet, proper exercise. Amen. Now, these things I'm talking about right now, the soy, the preservatives, the food chemicals, the food dyes, these not only affect our body, but they also affect our mind, our thinking, our way of thinking, and how much we can think, how much we can focus and not focus, attention deficit disorder, and mental illness, and depression, and even schizophrenia. There are tons of mental illnesses and physical diseases, sicknesses, that are being caused by genetically modified soy, food dye, food coloring, pesticides, and preservatives in the food, as well as lack of exercise, improper diets, and lack of sunshine, and lack of fresh air, and lack of exercise. The deficiency of vitamin is one of the number one causes for mental illness. The deficiency of natural vitamins and sunshine is also one of the leading causes of cancer. Eating soy is one of the leading causes of men never becoming men. The soy and the flax seeds and many other things that are in our foods reduces the male hormones and makes men weaker mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. These things don't affect us just on the physical level. Also, 
are hormones which also regulate our thoughts, our sleep, our energy levels, our focus and attention uh, levels, and all of this are altered by the foods we eat, how much sunshine we get, how much fresh air, and how much exercise, and how much you move, and how much you sit, just sit down. I encourage every one of you to move more. Get up and move around. Stretch, exercise. Men, you need to lift weights, even if it's milk jugs. Everybody needs to find their proper weight for your height and gender and make a goal of meeting that proper weight within one year. Myself, I want to lose about five pounds off my belly and gain about 20 pounds on the rest of my body. That is my goal. And I hope that everybody would make a goal of how they want to retone their body if that's what you need. Some people might be already perfectly in shape. I don't know. But then you have to maintain that, don't you? Amen. But even if you are in perfect shape, you still may have chemical imbalance, hormone imbalance, nevertheless, from not getting enough sunshine. Because it's not just what you eat, and it's not just diet and exercise, but it is also, it is also that you need sunshine. And where everybody is stuck inside at work or school, it's extremely important to get natural sunshine in that. And you guys, you need to take your shirt off. Get that sunshine and take your socks and shoes off too. Don't be shy. And get that sun on your feet on your chest, on your back, on your body, both men and women need to get more sunshine. It builds your immunity. It is the natural way of getting your vitamin D and even helps your eyes and your hormones. Vitamin D is actually a hormone. And so your hormones are greatly affected by how much sunshine. Vitamin D, a lack of vitamin D, can actually cause depression and weaken your immunity. In addition to all of this, the church also needs to get more involved in the activities of the ministry. You need to be more active and moving more, not only with diet and exercise and being willing to flee when the time comes, but you also need to get more involved in the activities of the ministry. For example, joining MeWe if you're not a member yet. Amen. I bring this up every week, but it just falls on deaf ears. Some people still have not joined MeWe when they could. I don't understand why. Why is it important to me? It's important to me because MeWe is the number one way the number one way in how the church can have fellowship with one another. Fellowship is extremely important, extremely important. 
We need one another. We need one another. We need to be able to talk with one another, share with one another, uh, help one another with prayer requests, and share what's happening in our lives. What are your struggles? And what are your successes? How are you witnessing to people? How are you evangelizing? You can share all of this with each other on the Mewee social media group. That would encourage one another. If you get on there and you say, well, I'll talk to such and such a person, and he accepted the truth on this particular topic, and you share that information with other people, that encourages everybody else. That encourages us. And it encourages me as well. So it's extremely important. And we need to share prayer requests. We need to become a family. The church of God is supposed to be a family. How are we going to be a family if the only one you're talking to is me? But you're not talking to Robert, and you're not talking to Kareem, and you're not talking to Kriana, and you're not talking to anyone else. How is that a family? Amen. I'm not the only one in this church. Amen. I'm not the only one in this ministry. I'm not the only one in this church. In fact, we have even uh, people all across the world that you could be meeting, talking to on the Internet and encouraging and, and helping them with your testimonies. And they can help you. They can help you as well. Fellowship is extremely important, extremely important. And MeWe is the source of that fellowship if you don't have a large local congregation. Amen. And the church needs to be more involved in the activities of the ministry, posting on MeWe what's going on in your life, asking for prayer requests, sharing testimonies, and sharing my post, and sharing other news stories from your local region. Share what you're doing to evangelize, and that would help motivate others to witness and evangelize as well. It gives people ideals of how, how they can evangelize when you share what you're doing. And it gives other people ideas of what they can do in their local area. So it is important. Amen. Being part of the church should not be only about only you, only yourself, and only your salvation. Yes, that's important that you be saved and you be baptized and you listen to services and you keep the commandments and you keep the seventh day. All that's important, but there's more to it than that. The Bible says that we are to propitiate, that we're to bring something to the table. Let's look at chapter 14 here, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. Page 189, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. It says, what is the summation then? What is the summary then? What is the conclusion then, brother? 
when you assemble, when you gather, each one have a song, have a teaching, have a revelation, have a tongue, have an interpretation, and let all things be done for edification. What that means is Paul is trying to tell us, the church, that we are, each one of us, bring something, contribute, contribute something, okay? Each one of us should, should contribute something into the worship service and into the activities of the church. There should be one person who leads the singing. There should be one person who might not be leading the singing, but has a really good voice and contributes really well to the singing. There should be a person that helps us to keep the songbooks updated, a person to vacuum the carpet, a person to do something else, another person to light the candles, another person to take care of the door. But over the internet, some of these things, some things, some of these same things can be done. One person could be sharing a dream they have, or another person sharing a testimony of something that they saw or heard, or a verse that God gave them, a verse, a Bible verse that they read this key, that they really felt that was from the Lord. To share that testimony, or a testimony of a healing, or a dream, or a prophecy, or a vision, or just something in an ancient prayer, how God answered your prayer, a testimony. Remember, the book of Revelation says that we defeat the enemy by the word of our testimony. We've done sermons about the importance of testimony. It's important to give your testimony to the entire church. By joining me, we, you can write your testimony to the entire church. Amen. Each one of us should be contributing something into the ministry and not just money but we need money too absolutely amen but we also need to be contributing through words amen testimonies and your personal experience what's going on in your life so that we can help you and you can help us amen I do encourage baptized members of the church to share a testimony, a dream, a prophecy, an edification, something you read, or even a song. And this can be done during the live worship service as well as on me. You can arrange with me to call me over the phone or I can call you sharing a live worship service so that you can give a testimony live on the broadcast during the live worship services. You can also use WhatsApp or Telegram. There are multiple phone apps and computer apps that a person can use to talk with me live during the worship service where everybody can hear you to where you can sing for the church or give a testimony. And I would like for this to begin to happen. 
You can also post uh, songs and stuff of you singing on MeWe, and I can even play that during the services as well. If you don't want it to be a live uh, audio, you can record it, and then I could play it during the broadcast as well. There's lots of different ways we can do this. I do encourage people to start sharing songs and testimonies. Amen. If you don't want to join me, we, or if it doesn't work for you, we do have a ministry group on WhatsApp and a ministry group also on Telegram. We do have those, and you can contact me for that information if there's some unknown reason why MeWe is just out of the question for you. We do have to have those alternative uh, programs for certain people, certain people, especially in Africa, where they cannot afford the regular internet. And they have pretty much WhatsApp is the only internet that they have for certain places in Africa. It's the only thing that they can afford. And it's the only tool of they can't even do email even. But the government, which is bad, but the government, the city and the national government make the WhatsApp as the uh, source of internet that is affordable to the African people in certain nations. So we can't avoid this. As much as we would love to completely boycott it, there are certain times, certain people, certain situations, certain locations where it's really the, almost the only option. Okay? Just like YouTube and even Amazon, even though we want to boycott these corporations 100%, it's really almost impossible because if you're a poor person, you can't afford to buy something somewhere else. And we have to deal with that reality. We still encourage people to boycott those corporations when possible. But if you're a poor person, really poor, then you have to do what you have to do. And God understands that. We're not going to cut those corporations out of business anyway with any kind of a boycott. Also, baptized members are encouraged to ask for permission to host a local gathering of like-minded believers. You do not have to be an ordained pastor. You do not have to be a deacon to do this, to ask permission to invite a local gathering of believers into your house or into a local park in your neighborhood or in your city where if, if somebody contacts me sometime in the future and asks me, is there anybody I can have services with, I could say, yeah, uh, we have a brother or we have a sister in a certain city in your neighborhood, in your region, that has requested to be able to host uh, a gathering there in their home or in their neighborhood, or in their park, near their house. And so, yeah, go ahead and meet up with that person this Saturday, and y'all can worship together and listen to the sermon together. 
So if you have not yet asked for permission to do that, and if that's something you would like to do, something you can do and would like to do, then I absolutely encourage you to speak with me about that. And the reason I say permission is not everyone should be doing such a thing. Certain people would be uh, a dangerous situation in their particular situation for one reason or another. Everybody's in a different situation, okay? But it is something I would like to see more of. There are certain people that do listen to the services who I would love to hear you uh, arrange with me to let me know that you're willing to invite people in your home or in a local park or wherever it might be, even if it might be in the woods, even in the forest. You know, people do that. In China, in Russia, in Iran, in Syria, in Saudi Arabia, Christians meet in the forest with no chairs, no roof, no walls, no ceiling. They just meet somewhere in the forest and worship God and read the Bible in secrecy. But no, that's uncomfortable. We need a building. We need walls. We need chairs. We need gold. We need silver. We need money. We need meeting. We need it. We can't worship God just in the forest. That's uncomfortable. People are sport rotten. And let us read one more Bible verse. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Page 239. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. Verse 239. Hebrews 10, verse 24. For let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking our gathering together or assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see in the day, drawing near. Amen. We should gather together. And sometimes that's over the internet. And that's fine. But if, if certain people were to speak up and say, I am willing to invite people in my home or in a local forest or in a local park, then we could get more people if we have more places where people are welcoming the people to say, I'm willing, I am willing to host a congregation. Then we could put that on the internet and put up some local flyers in your local neighborhood to let people know 
that there is a gathering that we wouldn't tell you, we would not put on that flyer, we would not put on that gospel tract your name or the location. We would just say that there is a gathering available and why don't you contact us for more information. Okay? And that's the way we would do it. And we would put it on the internet to contact us for more information and they would have to pass my test to make for sure that they would be safe for you to meet with. I'm not going to connect you with any kind of a mad maniac. I'm not going to do that. I will test the person and make for sure that they are sincere. But this says not only about gathering, but also provoking one another to good works. And so I go back to that principle of this is not just about your salvation, but also about helping one another. So by being part of a social network, and it's what we need to be. We need to be a family. We need to be a church. We need to be a network of people, a whole network, not just Pastor Tim and you, but a whole network of people. We need to get this going, okay? We've got it going some on MeWe, but not the way it really needs to be. We can improve, okay? We need more people to join us to help us. Amen. You know, we have a lot of groups on MeWe. It would be really, really nice if somebody was to say, hey, that particular group, I think I can run that group for you. I think that I would do a good job on that one particular group. I like that topic. I'm interested in that topic. I believe I could come up with a lot of posts and be able to post regularly uh, almost every day in that group and monitor that group for you and take care of that group. So I volunteer to be an administrator of that group. I would love for some people to step up and say, yeah, I volunteer for a certain group to help out with that group. Amen. I could really use that as well as many other things that you use some help and assistance with. Now, anything else, Robert? Well, I can share something that happened yesterday, motivation to get out. Okay. So, Yesterday in the morning, I, I, I had to get out. I went on a walk, walk all the way down and across the town. I get the town and pass a guy carrying a long metal rod, kind of intimidating. He's actually a pretty cool dude. He needed a favor. He had just lost his car and his phone and he needed to make a call to get a ride. Hmm. Yeah. It turned out to be a pretty cool dude. Yeah. Cool. Good. So Robert said that yesterday, he had been walking and came across this guy, stranger, that needed to use his phone because he had what, lost his car? Yeah. I guess somebody stole his car or took his car, and he needed to use somebody's phone. And you know, there's been many times when I was out and about that somebody was having car trouble 
or need it to use a phone or need it a quarter or something like that, you know. So what Robert was saying is, you know, if we get out there, then there are opportunities that might arise. You know, if you just sit home, there's not much that's going to happen, you know. Amen. You're watching fairy tales on TV. And that has a purpose and a time for that. But we really need to live real life and get out there on the streets, get the sunshine we need, the fresh air we need, and meet real people. We need that too. Amen. And explore your city and become knowledgeable of your neighborhood and become knowledgeable of the forest in your nation and region, amen, and the edible plants. We need to be working on that. Every one of you need to learn the edible plants that exist in the forest in your region. That's extremely important. you got to get out there and start doing that, you know. And that's free food and free medicine. And you could be using that right now. You don't have to wait until the Great Tribulation to be gathering free food and free medicine. Amen. I'll tell you what else happened yesterday. I walked past one corner that had this much. It had a big thing of wood throw growing. I just saw all those bananas, took it, put it in a smoothie when I got home. Cool. It's not a big banana. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot of natural plants out there, especially in the spring. And some of it is pretty tasty. Some of it don't taste very good, but it's really good for your body. And we're going to have to adapt to those foods. And the sooner that you adapt to those natural, wild-growing foods, the better. Start eating some of it when you're walking. When you come across something that's edible, take a bite or two. And then another bite the next day and another bite the next week and, and, and adapt to eating more and more of it. And that is natural minerals and natural vitamins that can help you with your health and your mentality. Amen. Because remember, your spirit is connected to your flesh. And what affects the flesh affects the spirit. And what affects the spirit also affects the flesh. Amen. It works both ways. So by getting the natural vibes and nutrients that are in the plants, like dandelion, plantain, clovers, and many of the natural plants that grow, many of the natural plants that grow, are so extremely healthy for our hormones and so forth. And that affects our mentality, mental health, and our spirit, or the state of our soul as well. Amen. Praise God. We need to learn these plants. Very important. The body of Christ needs to get up off the couch, get outside, hike, walk, camp, hunt, fish, and get a tan. Amen. I'm going to start working on my tan. Well, I hope to see some people become more involved in the ministry. And I also hope to see young men become strong men, bold men, 
courageous men, strong men, and warriors of the faith. Warriors of the faith. Amen. The new moon service is coming up on Wednesday, Wednesday, May the 12th, the second month, the second new moon, at 7 o'clock in the morning, special worship service, the second new moon, Wednesday, May the 12th. Uh, Robert is working on a Greek interlineal concordance. It's going to be awesome when he finishes that. Any estimate when that's going to be done? Any estimate? Days, weeks, months? Start working on it. When I finish the other project, I got in front of it. <laughs> the RSS? Yeah. Well, he don't have no estimate, so we'll have to pray for him. <laughs> Yes, be praying for him because I keep a lot of work on his shoulders. And now, that's up and volunteer for some of it, please. Yeah, we need more people to step up and move here and help us. We have so much work. You wouldn't believe how much work there is to do to run an international ministry. And uh, we can really use some more local guys and gals to help out, amen. Um, my wife could definitely use some assistance, and Robert could use some assistance, and I could use some more assistance. We need an assistant for the assistance, amen. And we need an assistant for the other assistant as well, amen. Um, and I did finish updating the AOB Bible yesterday. I uploaded new sound files, and I also uploaded new PDFs. I also uploaded a new eSword version. First time in a long, long time that I've updated the eSword. All of it has been updated. Everything has been updated. eSword, audio, PDFs, paperbacks, you name it, everything has been updated on the AOB. I'm going to try, maybe, hopefully, to get an AOB newsletter sent out tomorrow or in the next couple of days, maybe, hope. There's so much to do uh, in that newsletter. If I ever get sent, it will update you on some of the edits that need to be made. It is really interesting. Let's turn to it how I put on me the other day. Maybe I shouldn't share it, though, because if you're not with me, we, you don't need to hear it. So I'm not going to turn there. There are consequences for people not wanting to get involved. And if you're not with me, we, there's a lot you miss out on. I'm not going to even say what it was that I posted. There's a lot that I post every day to keep people up to date. I don't send out a newsletter every day, do I? I do not send out a newsletter every week, do I? There are some months that go by that I don't even send out a newsletter because I'm too busy to send out newsletters. But on MeWe, there is something posted every day. Every day. 
Mewi is the number one source of information and teaching of this ministry. I teach every day on Mewi. Amen. I'm sharing what's going on in the news. I'm sharing what's going on in the ministry. I'm sharing prayer requests. I'm sharing testimonies. It's important. It's very important. And that you're really missing out. And that. So I do love my brothers and sisters, and we do enjoy our social interaction because we're humans and we're opposed to social interact and we're opposed to social interact. Amen. And it's a great alternative to Facebook. Amen. All right, so that was the AOB update. Robert's working on a Greek in a literal. Uh, AOB edits. Uh, so much going on. It's hard to remember everything. So much going on. So we really need your prayers for energy, strength, and that God will send more brothers and sisters. Really, everybody needs to be praying for their local area, your town, your city, your neighborhood is your responsibility. I cannot travel to Arizona or California or Mexico or wherever you are. So your local area is your responsibility to distribute the flyers that, that you can print from the website and the gospel tracts that you can print from the website and put those on the local bulletin boards and take them to the side of the vending machines and leave them on people's cars or whatever, leave them in the laundromat, leave them in the doctor offices, uh, all kinds of things. And I would encourage people to break the law more often. Yes, because I'm not a wimp, because I'm not Babylon, and because God comes first over and above human law. Therefore, I don't care that the library rule says, do not put a gospel tract in the book. I would do it anyway. I will break that law. I will break that rule. And I will, uh, I will worry about or not worry about the librarian catching me and faking me. Amen. I would put a gospel tract in the library book and put it right back up on the shelf for the next person that looks at that book or that checks it out will find a gospel track in the middle of the library book. They might get saved, even if I did get a spanking from the library, which I might enjoy. Amen. So, and it might be illegal in certain towns to distribute flyers. Who cares? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that needs to get out in your town. Amen. Salvation comes first. Evangelism of the gospel comes first. You know, people are breaking the law every day in China, Russia, Syria, Saudi Arabia, 
even Algeria, and in many, many different nations where it is illegal to use the name of Jesus, to give somebody a Bible, to speak of the Christian faith, is illegal. And they break the law every day. That is part of growing up in that. That is the part of boldness and courage. That is the part of becoming a warrior for Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, time is a clicking, and that sun is a beating. I've got to get out there and march. Amen. We've got to do some scribbling on the sidewalk with some chalk. It is calling our name. There's a hundred pieces of chalk in that box. hundred pieces of chalk in that box. Well, let's go use it up, brother. All right. Ten four and out. God bless you. Come on back now, you hear? All right. God bless you in Jesus' name. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.